Good afternoon, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5, KPEL 232-1542 if you want to be part of the conversation. Glad to be with you all today. As in every day, it is an exciting one. There is a lot to talk about. And I want to start with um, gun control. Uh, there... There was a great monologue from uh, Leland Vittert at News Nation, and he made some really good points about gun control and this push on gun control and how we're focusing on it. And I want to play that clip for you, if I can, because... He says it better than I probably would, but I want you to hear a chunk of it. It's a long monologue. I'm not going to play the whole thing. The whole thing's like six minutes long. I'm not going to play all that, but I'm, I want to play a couple of minutes because I, I want you to understand where I'm coming from before I get into it. Live pictures of Nashville. First Lady Joe Biden just arrived for a candlelight vigil. If history holds, she will echo her husband and talk about guns and the need for more gun control. She will also likely note that firearms now kill more kids than anything else. About that, she is correct. But if we want to protect kids from guns, and we should, there is no higher calling than protecting our children and thus save their lives. School shootings and preventing school shootings is not the place to start. An Associated Press analysis showed from Columbine to Nashville Mass school shootings killed 175 kids. That's 175 sets of parents with a hole the size of Texas in their heart. It can never heal. That's an average of seven kids per year. Far, far too many. But in 2021, just one year, in just nine cities for which we have reliable data, guns were used to kill 465 kids. None of those were school shootings. Most come back to gang violence in North St. Louis, the south side of Chicago, barrios of Phoenix, and the mean streets of Philadelphia. In just nine cities during 2021, roughly 66 times the number of kids died in gun violence that year versus the average number of kids killed at school. 66 times. But you never hear about those stories on the news because the laws to prevent their murders are not politically convenient. Kids like Jarvis Watts, nine years old. Someone killed him with a gun in Chicago earlier this year. Tiana Major, also nine. Someone with a gun killed her in Orlando. Arlene Alvarez, also nine. Someone with a gun killed her in Houston. And he goes on from there. The problem is that the deaths of the three kids that Leland Vitter just mentioned those don't fit into the narrative that the Democrats are trying to spin here. For anyone on the left to say that we need to ban assault rifles, we need to first live pictures of Nashville. First lady, Joe Biden. 
for anyone to say that we need to ban these military-style weapons, they are engaged in talking points that are simply not honest. The AR in AR-15 does not stand for assault rifle. That fact still continues to shock progressives. I have no idea why. It's been explained to them near enough, but they, they choose to not understand. The AR-15 is actually not as powerful as a hunting rifle, much less a military rifle, and it actually came before military rifles. The AR-15 came first, the military then modified it for their purposes. It was not created as a weapon of war. In fact, it's not really as powerful as what the military uses. It's not even as powerful as hunting rifles. They aren't used for hunting. They want to go after the big, scary guns. They tried it before. Actually, the AR-15 is the most popular rifle in America because Congress banned it in the 90s. And it wasn't even that effective a ban. The law banned black AR-15s. Well, if you painted them pink, it wasn't illegal. But after that ban expired, Congress did not renew it. There was a massive run on those guns, and everybody went and still go to go out to get them. But what about handguns? Again, the AR-15 kills roughly three percent of all gun murder. I mean, it's responsible for three percent of gun murders a year. Handguns account for more than seventy percent. And in recent years, those murders from those handguns are a direct result of people who should not have the guns, by laws that already exist, having those guns. In February, after Mardi Gras, 16 men were arrested for allegedly carrying guns illegally in New Orleans during the Mardi Gras season. The, the Orleans Parish District Attorney's Office refused the 16 gun charges on the condition that the men surrender their guns to law enforcement. They broke the law, but they were not charged. The children mentioned in Leland uh, Vittert's uh, commentary. Killed by handguns in cities, not at schools. Killed by criminals. Not mentally unstable people charging schools, but straight-up street violence. In New Orleans, you have prosecutors who refuse to prosecute basic gun laws that are already there. You have the same in these other urban areas. New York, Chicago, St. Louis, Los Angeles, Houston, Phoenix, Philadelphia, Baltimore, Washington, D.C., New Orleans as well. Those have high gun violence rates, and it's not because of assault rifles. It's because of people breaking the laws that already exist. The Democrats pushing for an assault weapons ban have no idea what in the hell they're talking about. 
They just want to ban something that's scary, but they don't actually want to look at their own policies, which include defunding the police and easing up on basic gun charges because they believe, truthfully, that prosecuting those gun offenses is systemic racism because, unfortunately, the largest percentage of those arrested for those gun charges are minority men. So clearly the laws and the arrests are part of systemic racism. So we can't prosecute them. And if they go out and they commit a shooting and it kills a kid, you can't actually mention that kid in the discussion on gun violence killing kids because it doesn't fit into their narrative. But if three kids at a Christian school in Nashville, Tennessee, a state that loves guns, are killed by a school shooting because a mentally unwell person went to the school and searched for people to kill, that's part of the narrative. It was a white person going to a Christian school to kill three kids. The talking points are nonsense. And I say the word nonsense because the words I want to use, which begin with B and S, I can't say on the air. But the talking points are nonsense. The talking points have long been nonsense. You are not, because of the Second Amendment, ever going to get an effective ban of guns in the United States. But what you can do is you can make sure that there are school resource officer programs like you see here in Lafayette Parish that are highly effective. You can see those implemented. You can start prosecuting basic gun offenses in your cities. But the DAs in these liberal-run cities don't want to do that. You can start enforcing the laws that are already there. And yes, they may end up being uh, having charges leveled against minority men the bulk of the time. But that is a cultural issue that needs to be addressed in those communities. But part of addressing it means you've got to start arresting for it in order to stop the crimes. You're now at a point where we have this violence against children and the bulk of those killings come from crimes that should have been punished long before they got to that point. But instead, those get ignored. And Leland Vitter's right. 175 children killed since Columbine in school shootings is a travesty. That's according to an AP analysis. That's not some right-wing talking point. That's an AP, an Associated Press analysis. 175 is too many. But the 400-something, the 500-something that are killed yearly in street violence, also unacceptable and just as preventable, if not more preventable. We need to start enforcing the laws that are on the books before we even start thinking about any of these other laws. 232-1542, if you want to be part of the conversation. We've got somebody on the line, but I'm going to hold on. We've got to take this break. Call or stick around. When we come back, we'll have this and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. 
Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5, KPL 232-1542. If you want to be part of the conversation, and we've got a couple folks who do, let's go to the phone lines. Joseph, you're on the line. How are you? Hey, I'm all right, man. So i got a couple questions for you yeah. that will make the point that I'm trying to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, what year did the assault weapons ban that President Clinton uh, put into effect go into effect? Oh, God, that's uh, that's a really good question, and I'm not up on my dates. 1994. Yeah. And what year did it expire? Uh, I'm not About familiar. 2000, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And what year did Columbine happen? That was 99. Oh, man. So, by all logic, it shouldn't have happened, right? Right. Okay. Here's another question. Can you find fentanyl at the grocery store? No. But it's still around. Mm-hmm. But we just had a big bust in, in Sunset just, yeah. just last week, right? And right. how did that bust happen? That bust happened because somebody gave a tip to Crime Stoppers in St. Landry Parish. But our, oh, our, man. Yep. Oh, man. So you mean to tell me that if somebody's doing something wrong, and it's blatantly wrong, and it has the potential to harm multiple people, if you call the police and you inform them, hey, I believe there's somebody over here that's been doing something. I've got eyewitness account that X, Y, and Z is happening. Can you go check it out? Mm-hmm. And the police go and check it out? Yeah. You mean that works? That does work. No. No, it can't if, work, dude. Everything I'm hearing on CNN and MSNBC says that it doesn't. Well, here's the thing. The police can go and investigate, and they can make their arrest. But right now, across the country, not here, but across the country, we've got a problem with prosecutors not taking up the charges. Oh, man. And do you know of which affiliation that they're with? Uh, these would be Democrats, Democrat prosecutors. Oh, man. No way. Yeah. I kid you not. I know that surprises you, Joseph. I'm going to have to write my congressman, man. Thank, thank you for, uh, for answering my question. You're welcome. Thank you very much for the call. All right, let's. we got time for one more call. We've got TJ on the line. TJ, how are you? I'm doing great today. What you got? Okay, what I got there, in uh, conjunction with the uh, former speaker there, uh, I think uh, the uh, Democrat left wings are lying to us again about uh, all these gun killing uh, these kids, more kids than they, anybody else. Uh, the fentanyl is killing masses of people. Uh, and uh, Fox News is reporting 300 deaths a day for fentanyl. Mm-hmm. The uh, left-wing guns don't even come close. You're right. I mean, I, I don't know the specific number on uh, fentanyl killing kids, but you're right. We are we are losing more people a day to fentanyl than we're losing to any other uh, to any other uh, item out there. TJ, I got to run. Unfortunately, I'm up against the clock. But thank you very much. Your point is well received, and you're preaching to the crier as far as the fentanyl uh, as far as the fentanyl stuff goes. I'll preach that day in day out. Thank you very much for the call. Anybody else who wants to call in, 232-1542, we're going to take this break. We'll be back in just a moment right here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542. If you want to be part of the conversation. And um, I want to shift gears real quick to 
a story that you've been hearing about all day, but we do need to talk about because it does have pretty big implications for the United States. Evan Gershkovich is a reporter for the Wall Street Journal, and he was arrested by the Russian FSB and accused of gathering intelligence on Russian military operations. There is no evidence. They've provided no evidence. Um, Russian officials have confirmed, and I'm using air quotes when I say that, uh, the accusations, which basically kind of preempts all early trial um, proceedings. Uh, he's now in pretrial prison awaiting uh, awaiting his trial to start. Um, Gershkovich is a reporter for the Wall Street Journal, is a U.S. citizen who was attached to the Moscow Bureau for the Wall Street Journal, detained on Wednesday, according to local media in Moscow, uh, being taken from there to a court hearing and a case was being handled by the FSB, according to the Washington Post. In its statement, the FSB accused Gershkovich of gathering information about a Russian military enterprise, but did not cite any evidence. The Federal Security Service of the Russian Federation stopped the illegal activities of the correspondent of the Moscow Bureau of the American newspaper, The Wall Street Journal, Evan Gershkovich, born 1991, who is suspected of spying for the American government, the FSB said in a statement. It was established that Gershkovich, acting at the request of the American side, collected information constituting a state secret about the activities of an enterprise of the Russian military industrial complex that foreign national was detained in Russia while attempting to obtain classified information. The Wall Street Journal denies the allegations. They, uh, in, in a statement, said the Wall Street Journal vehemently denies the allegations from the FSB and seeks immediate release of our trusted and dedicated reporter, Evan Gershkovich. The newspaper said in a statement on Thursday, we stand in solidarity with Evan and his family. This is another hostage situation from the Russian government. We had the Brittany Griner one already, and what did we give up for that? We gave up the Merchant of Death. Victor Boat. When Brittany Griner was arrested, the Russians demanded an arms dealer, Victor Boot, also known as the Merchant of Death. Meanwhile, Paul Whelan, who is another U.S. citizen in Russian captivity, was never even considered for release, never part of the negotiations on the U.S. side. It's another foreign policy nightmare for the Biden administration. And it's, a, it's more evidence that the Russians feel emboldened with somebody like Joe Biden in charge in America. This is the first detained journalist in Russia since the Cold War. And it comes as tensions between the U.S. and Russia are not only at the highest they've been since then, but seem to be getting pretty close to armed conflict of some sort. The Russian government was emboldened to invade Ukraine. They were emboldened to take a U.S. basketball player hostage. They were emboldened to laugh in the face of U.S. sanctions, purposefully take out a U.S. drone, and now take a journalist hostage. This is a situation that requires the Biden administration to be firm, 
react swiftly and decisively. Not saying war, not saying armed conflict, but something more than Karine Jean-Pierre coming out and saying, we condemn this in the strongest of terms, which is essentially what she's done today. There is no evidence that Gershkovich was committing espionage. He is far more likely guilty of doing real journalism. And in a place like Russia, doing real journalism isn't allowed. It's a country that runs its own media. We joke about the state-run media, the mainstream media in the U.S., but in Russia, the state-run media is a real thing. The left likes to say when it comes to conservatives that we're drifting towards authoritarianism. Russia actually is an authoritarian state. Vladimir Putin is a dictator. He will imprison a journalist for doing their job, and he will gladly do so knowing that the Biden administration is going to cave to whatever demands Putin makes. The Biden administration will make some uh, half-hearted attempt to sound firm and tough on this and will ultimately, whatever the Russians ask for, for the freedom of Gershkovich, Biden will give it up. That's what he does. Biden does not really have the capability to stand up to Russia or China. And in fact, both countries are now running circles diplomatically around the United States because they know that the current administration in the White House is unimaginably weak when it comes to American foreign policy. The Russians feel emboldened. The Chinese feel emboldened. And as a result, Russia is just going to snatch up a U.S. journalist. There's not a thing the U.S. is really going to be able to do to stop it. They can do it again and again and again. We should do everything in our power to get Gershkovich back, by the way. I'm not saying there's a price that's too high for an American life being detained in Russia. But it requires firmness and tough negotiations. That's not something the Biden administration has shown itself to be capable of. The Biden administration has shown itself, frankly, to be weak on all of these issues. They give and they give and they give and they give and they give to these hostile powers and they don't get anything back in return. There is a crisis of leadership on the global stage. As the U.S. steps back, which is part of the plan for the Biden administration, because they, like the Obama administration, believe that a more stable world comes from the U.S. backing off and all evidence to the contrary the world grows more unstable when the U.S. backs off the world stage. That is notable fact. Every time the U.S. tries to back away, there is major catastrophe and conflict in the world, and we're seeing that right now. And as of right now, the United States is just weak. It is weak on the foreign policy front. It is weak diplomatically. It is weak militarily right now. 
Can the United States hold its own? I tend to think so. Last time I said that, somebody called in and disagreed with me. They raised valid points. I still think that in a one-on-one matchup, we could do pretty well against just about anybody in the world. But we don't have the leadership to be able to do that. We don't have leadership that is going to be tough on those that cross the United States. And because of that, a U.S. journalist has been taken into custody in Russia. Because of that, Russia feels emboldened to make up charges against an American journalist and, as will eventually happen, start making demands in exchange for that American's life. This is where we are. This is where we are when we see that the U.S. has stepped back and nobody's really stopping and asking the question, is this because we are no longer there? Is this because we're not acting tough? Is this because we're not taking these threats seriously? Nobody in the Biden White House seems to want to ask that question. Meanwhile, they're working very hard to ban a Chinese app with a law that's so poorly written, it will have broad consequences that far extend beyond banning that app. It does, in fact, prove to be a major First Amendment issue when you read that bill. But, oh, as long as they can say they banned TikTok, yay, we're being tough on the Chinese. I agree TikTok's a problem. But the government has no idea how to really deal with it. They're just trying to get the talking points in. And that is... That is what's killing us. Everybody's trying to get their talking points in. And we're screwed. Because the talking point, because the optics are constantly, time and time and time and time again, the optics are given more consideration than the actual solution. We have a crisis of leadership. And because of that, other countries are taking advantage. You will notice that American journalists weren't detained when Donald Trump was in office. American journalists were not being detained when George Bush was in office. Even when Barack Obama was in office, they didn't try. They took George, the Russians took Georgia, and that was it. But now, China is going around and cutting off alliances with the U.S. and talking to people who are supposed to be our allies and getting, us to, getting those allies to side with them because the U.S. has stepped back from the world stage. The U.S. doesn't take those allies seriously. The U.S. isn't taking China seriously. It is a crisis of leadership. And at the end of the day, we're screwed. 232-1542, if you want to be part of the conversation, let's go ahead and take this final break. When we come back, more of your news of the day right here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. 232-1542, if you want to be part of the conversation. So I've mentioned it a few times this week. I want to mention it again. Tonight at the Magnet Academy of Cultural Arts in Opelousas, uh, the creative writing students there will be putting on their annual poetry slam. It's $5 to get in. It's at 6 o'clock. Highly recommend you go. 
These kids work hard all year to become better writers. And as somebody who has spent a large portion of his life writing, although not poetry, uh, I highly respect the kids who perform. Uh, and also these kids are my wife's students. And I, uh, I think she's a fantastic teacher, and that's not just because uh, we included that in our marriage vows, but I actually respect the hell out of her as a teacher, and uh, I hope that she is, uh, I hope that her kids just absolutely blow it out of the water tonight. So 6 o'clock, Magnet Academy of Cultural Arts in Opelousas, $5 to get in. When you get to the door, tell them that uh, you heard it on KPL, that it was going to be a fantastic show. All right, so unfortunately... I have some news. Popeyes has a new biscuit, and it is a strawberry biscuit. There's little bits of strawberry in the biscuit, and you order it, and it's covered in icing. It's a dessert biscuit, and it is um, it's delicious. I regret to inform you it's delicious. I've written about it at kpl965.com. You should definitely go there. And, uh, you know, open it up in the app, go to our website, whatever, read about it. Um, I, I got a few and I brought them up here and, uh, uh, a few of us tried it for research. Obviously it would be, it would be a violation of the ethics of journalism for me to write about it without having tried it. I mean, that's, that's just basic journalism ethics, right? You need to know your subject before you write about it. So that's what that's what we did, and, and I got opinions from from several people. It is it is delicious. Um, I, it's I I think the 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 warning I need to give you is that you need to get it for a limited time. It's only going to be available for a limited time, but uh, it's not because they're going to stop selling. It's because I'm afraid that Congress is going to get a hold of this and decide it needs to be scheduled permanently alongside cocaine. It is. That good. It's very rich. That's the one thing that we kind of talked about. It. It's very rich because you've got the butteriness of the Popeyes biscuit, and it's covered in sugar, and it's got the little bit. So it's very sweet, but very, but it's got the the fattiness of the butter, the richness of it's just very rich and decadent overall. I, I if if you were to eat more than than one, um, you you would pass out. It, it's it, it wouldn't be a good situation, but yeah. You should, uh, you should, you know, I, I, uh, man, it, you know, when the chicken sandwich wars started, I think that's when society really started going downhill. But Popeyes just keeps changing things and adding things, and, and they're trying to win a battle that I don't know if anybody else is fighting. But they keep doing it, and it spawns other chaos in the world, and I'm afraid this might be the next bit. All right, before we go, one more uh, quick little tidbit. Joe Biden has made Democrats upset again. Biden is now, uh, he's now angered Democrats over his COVID emergency. This is from Axios. President Biden plans to sign a resolution ending the COVID national emergency and it has several House Democrats furious because the White House, Biden's White House, is not communicating with House Democrats. They're completely in the dark as to what Biden is doing or trying to do or is going to do. They have no clue. There is no communication and it is 
It's infuriating the Democrats. He's chasing away his allies. They'll be loyal. He's the president, but they are absolutely furious. It's like kindergarten level cooperations, uh, according to Representative Abigail Spanberger of Virginia. They are not happy about it. Biden continues to do this sort of thing and infuriate his own side. All right, 232-1542 if you want to be part of, I'm sorry, no, it's the end of the show. 232-1542 if you want to be part of the show when I come back in 23 hours tomorrow. In the meantime, reach out to me, uh, Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. Email joe at redstate.com. Check out the podcast version of the show at joecunninghamshow.redstate.com. That plus my usual writings. You can find all that and more. I'll be back with you guys shortly. In the meantime, Shannon is off sides. Hippie Hannah will be joining him on the air. All that and more right here on News Talk 96.5 KPL.